0: three amazon sellers three amazon sellers entertaining conversation with some of the brightest minds in online business this is the one-stop shop to start or scale your business further than you could ever imagine ever imagine
1: welcome to the buy box bandits podcast
2: Welcome back to the Buy Box Bandits Podcast, episode 36. Thank you guys for all the support. Lately, we had uh, first video hit 1,000 views within like 24, 36 hours, which was amazing. And we hit 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. So all our YouTube viewers and watchers, thank you guys. We have an awesome guest today, Michael with Mile High Hustle, who is a part-time reseller, mainly doing eBay, Goat, Hype Shoes, that kind of thing, moving into Amazon as well. Me being someone who came from that world and transitioned out of being full-time Amazon, it'll be cool to kind of learn about all that stuff, what you got going on, Michael, how you got started and all that. So thanks for joining us today.
0: Thanks for having me, man. Glad to be here.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. So he has, uh, I might say, the best setup as well for the YouTube viewers here. Yeah, it's it's definitely top two,
1: top three, yeah.
2: Yeah, so definitely. So do you want to take us back and kind of give us your origin story, how you got started with reselling, and then just get into that?
1: You want
0: my reselling origin story, not yes. my own origin story. because Yeah, take- we'll hear the reselling yeah. one. Yeah, yeah you <laughs> guys are like younger than my kids. So um, <laughs> yeah, no, I uh, I'm, I just turned 50 this year. So if you just back the clock up about three years ago, a little more than three years ago, I was sort of at an inflection point in my life. This is what happens when you get older. You guys will figure this out. You have kids, you have the career, things are great. You kind of get to a point where you got a little extra time on your hands because your kids are you know, no longer kids. And so like, what am I going to do? For me, the first option was I'm going to go golfing because that's what my brother did. That's what my dad did. That's what my stepdad did. That's kind of what middle-aged guys do. And so, uh, dusted off the old golf clubs, went out, started trying to do that. But I realized pretty quickly that the only thing that golfing did is it left me poor and pissed off because I <laughs> I would have spent some money and I'd be really frustrated because I'd never played as well as I wanted to. So I actually read a book uh, by a guy named Michael Hyatt. The book is called Your Best Year Ever. If you haven't read it, I recommend it. it. Talks about goal setting, but not just general goal setting, goal setting in every area of your life. And one of those areas is what he calls your avocation, meaning not your job, not your career, but something you do outside of your job or your career that you're focused on uh, for yourself, for your own betterment. So I actually come from a retail background, spent many years uh, running a bookstore. Uh, My dad actually owned pet stores. So I understood what it meant uh, in terms of the business model to buy goods at one price, sell them at another. And I knew all the business metrics involved with that. And so, um, so I thought, well, that'd be kind of cool, but I'm not going to go start a retail store right now. That feels more like a job than a hustle. So I was uh, just looking into ideas, and I have two teenage boys. One's, one's about to be 20, actually, uh, in March, and a 17-year-old. And they were both kind of into sneakers. And I was on YouTube poking around, and this guy named Hustler Hacks popped up on YouTube familiar with probably, him yeah 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 glenn and uh he's in el paso and he was doing this whole walk into ross walk into burlington buy a pair of jays for 49.99 flip them for 150 bucks and i'm like you can do that and as a kid like i loved going garage sailing with my mom we would do that on weekends so the idea of being able to go and buy something and double triple my money without actually having to have a storefront or deal directly with the customers. Uh that was really appealing to me and I could do it on my own time. So that week went down with my my wife and my kids, went to the Ross, found two pair of I think they were Nike Hirachi 2K Kobe's like like high tops. And they were like 50 bucks a pair. And at the time I was like man, a hundred bucks. It's a lot of money to spend, uh, and I don't know if I'm going to get this back, but I'm going to try this, and I sold them, of course, and that just kind of began uh, an obsession of sorts, so that was August of 2018, July, August of 2018, I think it was, and uh, yeah, and then, you know, kind of worked my way through uh, on up to where I am now.
2: Yeah, and you actually came a few minutes late because you are at the Plato's Closet getting after it <laughs> on the U shoes. Man, hey man i getting
0: just, ratted out. You can't get the RA out of your blood, no matter how hard you try. I love OA. I love sourcing online. Uh, It's made life a lot more convenient, but every now and then, man, you just got to get out and chase the dragon. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. So what's your core model in terms of, are you doing used items? Are you doing new items? Where are your main sources? All that. So we can get a sense of where you are right now. Mostly
0: new, mostly brick sneakers. So Almost everything I get is not hype. I don't do a lot of hype, actually. What I do have in hype is primarily for me. Uh, That's just my collection. Um, But most of the stuff I'm getting, I'm selling um, on eBay for, you know, $100 to $150. And I'm sourcing it. My ROI, um, you know, is probably, I'm targeting around 40%.
1: So talking about the hype shoes, most of our viewers on YouTube are going to see those two pairs behind you. Can you tell us the story behind those two?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, interesting. I mean, as a as a 50-year-old guy, you know, coming into this, I wasn't, I wasn't collecting sneakers. I have my own origin story. I grew up a military kid. Well, my mom remarried when I was in high school as a military kid. And so um, I was introduced to a lot of different types of music, but the one I gravitated to with a lot of friends who were from all over the world because we lived on a military base overseas, was hip hop. And this was like back in the day of KRS-One, De La Soul, bands you guys would never know about, the <laughs> fat boys. Um, and and so back then the sneaker of choice was Adidas because this and Fila, this was long before, maybe not long before, a few years before Jordan was really on the scene. And then I kind of dipped out of all of that after high school, went into college, didn't even get involved into the whole Jordan uh, era other than to watch him beat my Phoenix suns in the early nineties, which was
2: horrible. <laughs> you get life's good as a sun's fan. Now though, Not I would assume if you're still right now. I am living it up. This is, up. These are
0: the days. These are right now. We just got We got to seal the deal. So anyways, um, but, but once you get into this uh, you know, you start doing this, you start hanging around with this, uh, this group of people. What, what I love is I love story. I think every, everybody has a story uh, about them. And the cool thing about shoes is that they all have a story, whether it's the colorway or the silhouette or the manufacturer or who's behind it, there's always a story. And of course with Jordan, at least for the first 13 models that he came out with, there's, he played in those shoes. And I remember watching him play in those shoes. So for me, there's kind of a connection to when I was a bit younger uh and i like that and i just think they're cool they're just something fun to collect and you hold them for a while and then you let them go some of them you just hold on to them forever
2: absolutely yeah and i come from that world like you're talking about 2018 that's when reselling started clicking for me like q q4 2018 i had my first multi-thousand dollar profit month which was awesome at the time luckily kept building with that started the social media page as well back then. Definitely. And you're also all doing this part-time as well, right? You still have nine to five and everything going on with that. It's more than a
0: nine to five, man. I, mm-hmm. I actually have a career that I love. I know a lot of oh, people cool. get into this and uh, they're doing it because they don't like their job and they're trying yeah. to find something to do. That's not the story for me. I love what I get to do. I actually publish books for a living. Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I get to work with authors and do really cool things. I've got an amazing, very talented group of people that I get to work with. Uh, and so you know people talk about work-life balance use phrases like nine to five for me it all just blends in life is just life it's how you choose to spend your time Uh, and so you know I I sort of do this in the margins uh, you know on the weekends and the evenings I'll put the sun's game on in there and I'll be packing my orders shipping them out Uh, I may be sourcing in a meeting you never know don't tell my boss
2: (laughs) oh yeah absolutely and in terms of your sourcing strategies, how are you going about finding items? Cause specifically like buying stuff online is really confusing to a lot of people, especially people who don't have a lot of time. It's obviously is more time efficient once you get it down, but yeah. what's your strategy for going up, going out and finding items? Cause as we all know, that's the hardest thing for people that are new once they pick up on all the other stuff, but sourcing is really what sets people apart.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I think like with anything, it's, you know, wherever you devote your attention, You know, you'll pick things up. And so, initially, for me, my biggest hill I had to climb was product knowledge. I didn't know shoes. And so, I spent a lot of time reading about shoes, watching people on YouTube who knew about shoes. And you kind of get to a level where you feel comfortable, like going to Play Doh's, you can walk in and just kind of know what that shoe is worth without having to really look it up. The same thing I would say is true with sourcing. Um, You know, the more you spend time investing in, finding shoes, the easier it will become. But like anything, you've got to get over that initial hurdle. I think it was, was it Malcolm Gladwell that said, if you want to be an expert in anything, you got to invest like 10,000 hours. Yeah, something like that. I I don't know if that's the right number, but the point is, is that the more you invest your time and energy in something, the easier it'll become. For me, how I've been able to accelerate that learning curve is by being among a community of other resellers. I try to position myself around people Who are smarter than i am who've done it longer than i have who've made mistakes that i don't have to make because they've made them and so that actually um, materializes itself in my world in the form of a discord i'm in called heat seekers
2: oh bang that was my absolute question was how you went about that because basically every episode i say it is so 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 important to get in the reselling community that's where you pick up on nuance you won't find in YouTube videos. You'll make friends that then, you know, one-on-one sharing stuff. I would much rather yeah. have my friends eat off stuff that I know than just the random people who find it on their own. Back last spring, Garrett and I, we started getting on Zoom calls and everything built out a friend group. And it, that really, really took us forward. So do you want to kind of elaborate on the benefits of being in the community just to uh, once again, reiterate to the people out here who are ghosting and aren't talking to people that uh, know they should be, but don't maybe know how to get into it that now that because I, I can't speak on that enough.
0: 100%. Yeah. You know, what I found just kind of broadly in, in life and in business and now in reselling, which is a different kind of business for me, is that there's sort of two paths you can take. You can you can build an island under yourself and everything is a zero sum game. I don't win unless you lose those kind of people will not go very far in life they will not be successful if you want to be successful you have to build networks you have to build relationships with other people and so what I found is that you don't do that with a mind to hey I'm gonna become your friend or your I'm gonna I'm gonna be in your network so that I can get something if that's the mentality I have going into it that also is not a win for me I've got to go into it saying what can I give back? What can I help other people with? So like doing this interview, you guys didn't offer to give me anything. You you just said, would you give us your time? Because for me, there's value in investing in other people, even knowing that you guys are like totally in another league on Amazon than I am. Like you said, there are going to be people watching this who are just getting started or thinking about it. So if I can help those people, awesome. Um, So for me, we talked about like Glenn, Hustler Hacks guy, that dude, Like I owe him so much just through his videos. And since then, like cool thing, uh, right, but right after Christmas, I think it was, I went on his show, which is sort of like a real full circle kind of crazy thing. Right. So I would say um, how I got involved in this particular group started on Instagram, started through Glenn's videos. There was another guy kind of in the universe, you know, and Um, he just announced, I think on IG at some point that they were doing, uh, they were starting a discord. I didn't know. I knew, I kind of knew what discord was. Like I said, I have teenage boys and I've used Slack in my professional environment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I knew what, I knew what the technology was. I didn't know what I was going to experience in this discord group, which for those who don't know what that is, it's like a web-based or an app-based chat room. That's really all it is. It's organized by discussions and channels um and so they said we're going to drop this thing um we're only going to open it up I think like a hundred people and we're only going to open it up you know or maybe they might have just said we're just going to open up for 10 minutes and that's it they didn't put a cap on the number so I got in on that initial group that was November of 2020 so right before I guess it would have been I can't remember like COVID everything blends together but you can piece, piece together the data um and you know immediately for me uh, the things that I wasn't even doing away. This is back when you could still walk into Ross and Burlington and buy, you know, 15 pairs of cleats uh, for 20 bucks a pop and sell them for $130 each. So, um, so I wasn't necessarily joining at that time because I wanted to buy online as much as I thought these guys could share bolos and experience and other things. Um, but quickly, what I found out is that the difference maker for a lot of these guys is they were able to... Um, You know, really multiply their energy or their investment of time by shopping online rather than having to go out and hit all these brick and mortar stores. And so they're posting links in there. Now you can go find links to deals on Twitter. Um, You can find links on websites. The problem is, is that I don't have the time to go out and find all these things. I need someone to curate the best links for me, and I need them to do it in a way where they actually also give me the business intelligence that I need to make a good decision. Like, like how much is this going to sell for and on what marketplace and at what velocity? And once they, so by providing that, I'm able to make a quick decision because these links, especially for the, the really fire deals, you're only going to be able to get in on them for 10 or 15 minutes, maybe before everything's gone. So you got to be quick. quick.
2: It's crazy. Back in the day, speaking on the Twitter accounts, like three years ago, some of the big ones—they like now they're huge, hundreds of thousands of followers. But they didn't have a ton of followers. And I used to literally have my post notifications on and source off those. <laughs> um, and and interestingly enough, so after the like three years ago, early late 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 2018, I ended up like I had those good months, and then I spread myself way too thin trying to like thrift stuff, trying to hit Marshalls, and trying to do like apps type of stuff what and i'm curious if you've ever run into that or if you've always been zeroed in on one model and just I, i'm curious your experience with that uh
0: okay. say the question again if i picked up on the question yeah
2: yeah so i have experimented a lot with the stuff you've found success yes. with haven't had a ton of success with it because i've really spread myself too thin and i'm curious if you've ever run into that because like when you hear shoes in general, there's a bunch of marketplaces, you can do it on it.
1: There's a sure. bunch oh, of, you. Get yeah. Them. yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. For me, I mean, that's, you know, I'm all about, um, again, for me, I think that the biggest factor has to be about efficiency and maximizing my margins. So, and not just my profit margins, but my time margins, right? Ooh, um, I like
2: that. I really, really like that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Well, I mean,
0: you know, like I said, my first priority, at least in terms of my vocation, is my career. And I have to make sure that yep. at no point do they ever feel like they're playing second fiddle. And and it's not a surprise. I mean, I can do this. There are actually people in my industry that know I do this or people I work. My boss knows I do this, but they trust me because they know where my first priority is. And let's face it, in this day and age, everybody has a side hustle. I know so many people uh, that I work alongside of that are either consulting doing you know consulting on the side of what they do in their day job so for me maximizing my time has to be my number one priority so i have never been one to try to do all of the platforms Um, i think at the height i was on ebay mercari i tried posh for a minute that was stupid i don't even understand that that ridiculous (laughs) me as well (laughs) me as well um uh, you know, I, I, did a little bit of Facebook marketplace, you know, you just dabble here and there. eBay has, was, has always been number one for me, uh, only because I knew the sheer size of, of, uh, the marketplace. And it was the first one I picked up on. I didn't even know Amazon was an option. I'll be honest with you. I, and what's crazy is being a bookseller and being a publisher, I probably have more exposure to Amazon than maybe you guys do from a different perspective yeah, yeah because I've been either competing with them or selling into them for years. But what's been cool is that I've actually learned more, particularly about um, their data and how things perform on their platform, being a reseller than I have as a publisher. So for me, uh, the margin piece was not a big deal, but right now I've just like in the last year, I made a decision. I was like, I'm not going to mess with Mercari and I'm not going to mess with StockX anymore because like to have you have to do all this cross posting and keeping track of what's selling where and I'm like if I just do a really good job over here, chances are I can make up whatever I'd lose in these other two or three smaller yeah. marketplaces. So that's where I'm going to put my energy.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so obviously you were very comfortable with what you were doing. What intrigued you about making that transition to Amazon, and how did that play out? Profit. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, really I mean. Well- You know, the fact of the matter is, I I mean, Amazon um, is the, well, if you, if you couple YouTube in with Google, Amazon is the second largest search engine uh, that there is.
1: Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah,
0: definitely. So that speaks to a number of things, right? But the first thing it speaks to is just the sheer, the massive size of their audience that they reach. The other thing is that, um, and I, I can, I'm old enough to remember when Amazon was literally just a bookseller with literally just an HTML one website and links on the, on the homepage. And, um, and, and when, when they were losing so much money, cause they were selling books at a loss, but they did all of that to grow their business model, right? Jeff Bezos for years told shareholders, just hang on, hang on, hang on. Cause he knew what he was doing. Cause what happened was he got to such a place of consumer trust that people don't even blink that there's they literally skip over steps that they would normally make when they're standing in a mall making a purchase decision they don't even have those like that that friction is gone in an Amazon environment and the reason I'm saying that is cuz they go brain dead and make stupid decisions uh paying prices for things on Amazon that they would never pay for if they walked into a finish line to buy a pair of Air Force 1s that cost $110 but on Amazon, they're paying $250 for. So when you ask me, what, why did I go to Amazon? It's because I saw enough people selling the same shoes I was selling on eBay for twice the price. And and even though I wasn't paying fees, although eBay's now reinstituted fees on sneakers, um, they were still more than covering the 15% Amazon fee and and doing it at a velocity that was so much faster than I was doing on Amazon, I thought, I just can't miss out on this anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're all in the same boat. Um, so getting started with Amazon, what sort of softwares have you been leveraging? And and what kind of steps did you take to learn those?
0: Yeah, I'm still learning. I uh, just started yeah. out with Seller Central, like everybody probably does, which is, you know, Amazon's back end, um, and quickly realized that, you know, Especially once you start getting into FBA, which is taking products, boxing them up and shipping them into their warehouses, Seller Central starts to fall down a bit. Um, so I've just picked up Inventory Lab, um, and I've only started using that in the last – in fact, I'm still on my 30-day free trial. Oh, wow. Um, That's good,
2: though. Yeah, you get to test it out, not not invest any money. And you, yeah. you've seen that it's far superior, that it's yeah. pretty much necessary.
0: Yeah, it will be. Uh, once I get all the kinks worked out and, and get it, I think from a reporting perspective and certainly from a batching perspective, which is the process you go through to ship orders in, it, in the FBA, I think it'll be a lot easier. Uh, and then I'm also using, I think the one that I enjoy the most is Keepa, um, yep. which is a, a web uh, a browser plugin you use with Chrome um, that basically uh, plugs in using Amazon's API and pulls in all of their backend data set to tell you sales performance. So it that helps you to analyze a product on its Amazon product page to know: do do I want to invest in this? Is this a product I want to buy to sell? Uh, and that. That's a tool that we've actually started using in my day job. I have my sales director on the book side that's using hilarious. that now. That, yeah,
2: yeah. And for those of those of our listeners doing RA, right, and I, I don't know if you know, there's also a Keepa app that's really helpful. if you're That's right. In store. Yeah. Okay. Cool. You you just mentioned the Chrome extension. Yeah. yeah Fantastic. Yeah. All right. So a question that we don't ask all of our listeners, which we definitely should, that I'm curious your answer about is. What's the best flip you've ever had? It could be most you've ever sold of one item, could be the best margin you've ever had on a single item. Let's hear.
0: Man, I, that's uh, putting me on the spot. I'd have to go back. because It's <laughs> like thousands of things that I've sold. Um, yeah. Let me think here. Um, well, the one I, the one I, 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 it wasn't a lot of money, but it was just fun because uh, it was earlier on in my reselling career. And I was just shopping on Facebook marketplace and, uh, and and some lady had listed a pair of Dornbecker phones, which um has awesome a relationship. Awesome story, yeah. yeah awesome, so, awesome uh, story with those, yeah. And then, and so there was, uh, um, yeah. They were just these phone posits, and they were dead stock. Uh, and I probably shouldn't say how she got them. Not she didn't get them illegally, but she has a relationship, I think, through some sporting association. So anyways, I picked them up for like 80 bucks and I flipped them for like 600. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Um, I would say most recently, um, the Jordan mids are just, they're just going crazy. So I, mm-hmm. you know, right now inventory is tough to get a hold of. EU has changed some things around. Nike's changed some things around selling from the EU into the States. They made it tougher, but right before that happened, I was able to get a hold of a good chunk of uh, some mids and flip those on Amazon for good. Oh, money. those!
2: Yeah, I know people have been killing it with those types of tip. You wouldn't think of them as Amazon type items, but there's kind of over the last year, there's been a mass migration from like the a lot of the hype shoe kids, like my generation, to Amazon, and that's a good move in my opinion. It's been interesting to see all that stuff going down. Now, actually during by like, during the pandemic, I sold a lot of that type of stuff. Definitely. And so in terms of like the biggest difference you see between Amazon, and the other platforms, what are those could be positive, could be negative and all that. Cause a lot of people out here, I'd like, if you're a brand new, probably just sell some old stuff you have on eBay and then start looking into Amazon, yeah. these different types of platforms. But what are like positives and negatives you've seen between those is I definitely have some in my head.
0: Sure. I'll give you the negatives first. So we end on a positive note. How's that? Um, <laughs> so the first negative, I would say, um, is the competition between sellers. Um, there's just a lot of shady folks on Amazon that, that, that uh, know how to game the system and try to block you from selling your products.
2: On those yeah. listings on the Air Force E type listings, absolutely Garrett, Danny and I were at war on some of the Air Force listings last spring with people about stuff like that. They would that, buy bro.
1: inventory, cancel it, buy, cancel it, buy, and cancel it. I haven't There's hit anything like down. that
2: since. Like a lot, I guess on whatever items I'm doing now, mm-hmm. we're we're dealing with a lot of good business. Yeah, it
1: probably has to do with shoes,
0: which which by the way, we can if you're interested, we can talk a little bit a little bit about um, other than shoes, but within the yeah. shoes in particular. It's highly competitive to the point where, you know, because there's such a limited quantity of any particular SKU, And so, you know, everybody who's in these types of of discord groups uh, will find the same links. They all go buy them. They all put them on Amazon. And then it's a race to the bottom on the price. So what happens is some schmo will get on there and he'll be like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go add yours to my cart so you can't sell it on some bogus account so basically removes yours from sale um, that's been really frustrating for me um, and it doesn't happen all the time but it's you know it, it can be really frustrating especially if you invest a lot you send stuff into fba um and you know and then it it gets held up because somebody's being a dork so you have to learn how to uh you know t- how to game the system a little bit there's little, yeah. little tricks you can do to get around it but it's 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 not fun and, and um know i think the other thing is just kind of some of the voodoo magic behind um amazon's thinking on who wins the buy box um particularly on shoes you know you never know i mean it's always amazing to me i'll go in and look at a shoe and nobody has the buy box it'll just say see other options and like there's a list of 15 people like you couldn't give one person the buy box um, so, you know, just to try to figure that out, but that, that probably is more a function of just my ignorance and still being new to the game on Amazon. Uh, I'm sure I'll get there in terms of what I like. I mean, obviously, um, the pricing is, you know, being able to price much higher and, and contrary to popular opinion, you don't have to price the lowest to get the buy box.
2: Absolutely That's not. True. You have to be FBA and you have to be pricing competitively. And the more you sell of an item, you can go look at hundred percent buy box banded exclusive tip look at the buy box statistics you can see what percentage of buy box people are getting and just another point in terms of if you're ever dealing with people canceling your orders like crazy if you have quantity of item, one thing you can do is put order limits on it
0: That's so it one of the the has, they yeah. can add
2: to cart yeah yeah, yeah usually
0: on shoes it's pretty easy to limit it to one per order yep. you know so if you have multiples but a lot of times like for me especially doing fbm I didn't, I had one pair. And so they'd steal my only pair on those mids. I was talking about though, where I was able to get a good quantity, uh, even though I was $20 higher per pair than other people, even in the discord, I was selling them. Um, and the more I sold, the, f- the more I sold, does that make sense? Like yeah. it felt like it yeah. just kind of, yeah. Had yeah. Like oh, a, totally. Cause they, they see
2: the trust. They see that people are having a good customer experience, right? Yeah.
0: Yep. So I would say um, I'd say that's and then, of course, you know, uh, the nice thing about Amazon and this is a double edged sword um, is, you know, they, they treat the customer well. Uh, the experience of selling is good. You don't have to deal with the customer. But when you do, that's the other side of the sword. Uh, Amazon customers are some of the most ridiculous people in the world uh, in terms of their level of expectations expectation, because, because Amazon has set the bar so high. And, and the truth of the matter is like, I just read an article this week. There was a guy, I don't remember where he was at. I want to say on the East coast somewhere, a this guy's a dermatologist. Okay. Like dude makes good money in his day job. And he was running this uh, Amazon scam where he was ordering products and sending back inferior products. And he had over $300,000 in products sitting in his house. Um, Stuff that he had bought and then he'd ship back an inferior product and then open a, you know, some kind of a claim on it. Um, And that's a, that's a, you know, a crazy exaggerated example. But there are a lot of people, you know, especially in shoes that'll do a switcheroo. So they'll order a pair of shoes from you. And then they'll take an old pair and ship them back to you and try to get their money back. Or they'll wear them for, you know, three weeks, trash them, send them back. But I haven't had too much of that. I mean, my experience has really been the opposite. I've had maybe one pair in, in five months of selling on Amazon. Exactly.
2: Like yeah, and that's been super profitable, obviously, it, the, in the grants, even things. That you build it into once your every five months. Exactly. Yep. And it, when you're doing arbitrage, worst comes to worst, you can return stuff that it doesn't sell sure. and all that. So in terms of a lot of people getting started with 3 like we talked about earlier, they're doing it to save up for a house, to do this, whatever. I'm curious if you have set any goals like that, hit any goals like that, Um, because it's interesting to hear that you like what you do in, you know, what you got going on with your day job and everything. I'm just curious if the monetary part of Amazon has had, or just resign has had a big impact on your life or if you just, you know, like doing it and everything. No, it's been
0: significant. I mean, obviously when you start with two pairs of shoes, uh, you know, everything for the first year, at least for me, was just taking the profits and plowing them back into the business. Um, but last year I took, I think 25 grand out, um, and that was tremendously helpful for us because, um, as, um, I didn't actually start saving for retirement until I was 40. Um, and so I was way behind the eight ball. And, you know, and that's sort of, that's sort of the American slave force. They want you, you know, sort of locked into
2: that mindset. It's not, it's not taught in school. Right. It's not taught in school. Oh, and so they want you to put
0: in your, you know, work till I'm 65, 67 years old. And, and, and then, you know, live off of social security. And it's just, it's just not a good, so I was like, man, I got to get caught up. I need a plan. I had a, a, a son looking at college and I'm like, I don't have anything safe for that. And so it felt like this was going to be a way to do that. So um, but for me, uh, the the bigger the bigger game plan was getting into real estate. So um, we actually owned a house, we've been in it for 10 years, we built up a ton of equity in that house. And so last year, we decided to buy another house and put that one on the rental market. So now we've got we just actually the folks moved in, we have our first tenant moved in this week. So now we've got that. yeah, we've got that revenue working. We've got this house here, and that. But that transition of buying another house to move your family and all the expenses that go with it um, could not have happened. We would not have been able to make that work. We could have. I mean, the bank was fine to loan us the money because banks are always happy to loan you money. Like we qualified to actually pay two mortgages, but on a cash flow perspective and managing your expenses. Having this extra income come in, and I, for two months last year, pretty well didn't even source because I was so busy with the move, and yet I was still getting sales coming in every day, and just having that extra bit of cash flow made it so much easier if I needed to pay an electrician, if I needed to pay a carpet cleaner, a moving company, it was like I didn't have to think about it because I knew the cash was going to be there
2: absolutely and so kind of finishing up here last couple uh talking points if is there anything you would do differently if you were starting again today knowing what you know now
0: um that's a good question um i think i think the thing i'm learning now and i don't know if i would do it differently i w- I might do it sooner is just um Trust my instincts a little bit more. Uh, be willing to take some risks. Realize that even when you make mistakes, it's all a part of growing your business. And so, um, so don't be afraid, like you know, to go in on something if you see it and it's a money maker. And then you, and then all of a sudden the market dries up or it gets flooded. You can typically at least get your money back out. So I think for me, uh, being willing to take some bigger risks on inventory to grow my business a little faster. Uh, would have been great. Um, And then I think uh, what I'm learning now is building good habits around um, processes, things like bookkeeping, um, tracking my purchases. Um, Those are things that I'm just not naturally wired to do well, I don't like those. Those are like the non-sexy parts because you like making the find, you like making the sale, you don't like having to record the sale. You don't like having to record your purchases, but if you can build good habits around that, uh, it'll make life a lot easier, especially this time of the year.
1: Is your plan moving forward to continue to separate out of eBay and put more into Amazon or are you going to continue? Yeah,
0: it's a no brainer. So my goal, so I I ended up my, uh, let's see, I think the first year, so this will be, I just wrapped up my third full year. All right. 2018 yeah yeah 2019 yeah so um so I went like it was like the first partial year I did like 8,000 then the first full year I did like 24,000 then I went to 70,000 and then my goal was like okay I'm gonna hit 100,000 um and so I was on track to hit 130 then we bought the house so Mm -hmm. all that we shut down for like two months so even with that I still came in at net 110,000 at the end of last year. So my goal this year, again, keep in mind, this is a side hustle for me. Yeah, tonight. oh,
2: exactly. Man, yeah, this yeah. is beautiful. Even yeah. fractions of these numbers would help a lot of our viewers that 100%. are looking at these so My
0: goal this year is 175, and I feel like I'm going to get there pretty easily, even without, um, like this month, what I'm doing right now is I'm buying for FBA, um, so I'm trying to get as much as I can in to ship off to Amazon. So January, I have been clearing out my old eBay, all my old Ross and Burlington shoes. Like I've been doing an eBay sale and just really trying to transition, um, over to FBA. So even in the midst of all of that and not really spending a lot of time, um, focused on selling, uh, I'll end up January somewhere in the 14 to $15,000 range. Top line, mm-hmm. my goal is to be 175. So I'm, I mean, you know, you get to fourth quarter, you add that on there. I may end up topping two this year if I keep cranking the way I'm at.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And so that's uh really cool that you've, I, uh, you know, really solidified some all that work you've done, parked it in some place that'll grow wealth. Being that house, you know, maybe you'll continue to, do that, maybe not. But either way, that is the type of stuff that can change, you know, course of family history and everything like that. That's amazing. I, I, that's like my favorite part that no one really talks about is like, what's the point of actually making them on your site? You know what I mean? It's to build things that'll work while we sleep and all that. And I think it's a great place to finish off. Just uh, really cool hearing your story. Multiple platforms with a nine to five. A lot of people out there are looking to do something similar. So we have a great example of that. If our Buy Box Bandit viewers want to follow up with you, where can they find you on socials?
0: Uh, my line Hustle on Instagram.
2: Absolutely. It'll be, me. yep, linked in the description. Thanks a lot for coming on with us. For listening this late in the episode, make sure to leave a like, leave a subscribe, maybe a review, comment, all that. But thank you guys for listening, and we will see you on Friday for another episode.